Hello and welcome to the Emerge and Expand podcast episode number two. This is my first guest interview from the Do Business Differently series and I'm so excited today that it's with the wonderful Julie Parker, CEO and founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy. Let's get into it. Julie Parker is the founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, co-founder of Priestess Temple School, and a mentor, counselor, coach, supervisor, and guide for sacred leaders and space holders. She's trained thousands of life coaches from around the world to birth their soul businesses and has had a thriving counseling and coaching practice for nearly two decades. Julie has inspired thousands of people as an in-demand speaker for clients, including Apple, Telstra, and Soulpreneurs, is the recipient of numerous leaders and Women's Awards, is an international award-winning published author and host of the top-ranking Priestess podcast where she has interviewed some of the world's great spiritual thought leaders. As a devoted and practicing priestess, Julie is committed to contributing to a world where presence, healing, and social justice are honored. Julie is someone who, in the last almost 10 years we've known each other, has been my coach, teacher, boss, mentor, friend, and a fierce supporter of my work. I'm so honored to know this woman and to have her as the first guest in the Do Business Differently podcast series. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Catherine, for any opportunity to be in space with you. I am delighted to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I know that you always drop so many nuggets. I cannot tell you how often I am just quoting you word for word from something that you said eight years ago. <laughs> that I'm still like, my mentor, Julie Parker, would say. <laughs> so everyone get your notebooks out because oh. I know there's going to be so many gems here today. But Julie, for anyone who isn't super familiar with you and your story, can we just start by giving everyone an idea of like what it is that you actually do? today because there are so many things and I think that you can probably explain it so much better than I'll be able to. Oh, you know what? This seems like such an easy question, (laughs) but it's actually really challenging when you have been in the personal development coaching field for as long as as I have, you know, like two decades. But I think the Mm -hmm. easiest way for me to feel into and explain what it is that I do now is that I'm a space holder for space holders. Mm, Love that. That's what I do, both on uh, a one-on-one level, but also in a teaching training level, guiding and teaching and training new and emerging life coaches. And, yeah, that just feels like the heart of it, Catherine. It's like I am absolutely passionate about people who are in service to individuals, children, teens, families, their community and our collective planet as a whole. Uh, I love them for the fact that there is a part of their heart that has drawn them into work that is in service to us all and therefore needs to be in service to them too. There's something very, very special about these people and I cannot imagine myself not supporting them in some way for a very long time to come. I love that so much. And I love how you've managed to distill all of the things that you do into 
something that's actually quite a huge bucket. <laughs> um, it's a big so one. <laughs> often, yeah, so often people come to me and they're like, oh, I'm multi-passionate. How am I ever going to, you know, cut through the noise and be successful if I've got all these different things that I want to do? And so often there is a through line and a connection between all of those things. How did you find that? Has that just been an experiment? I think it's been very experiential and an adventure and a journey. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone that is having those thoughts or feels at the moment, please just keep searching, you know, Mm -hmm. keep exploring, keep doing your work and keep doing the work and your connection and through line will come to you in some way as well. And often it's not as far away, I believe, Catherine, than we think it is, you know, because you're talking at the moment to, you know, a counsellor and a life coach trainer and a priestess and a, you know, I mean, if I wanted to or anybody else wanted to, I could very much compartmentalise those things. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do that. And also in business, which is what we're really here to be inspired and talk about, it's also not wise. You know, finding that through line and that connection in some way is very important to be able to, I think, make sense of what it is that you do and for others to make sense of what it is that you do too because When people have those pennies drop, the connections click, things come together, they start to think, okay, I get this now. Mm -hmm. I I get the process that we could move through together. I get the journey that I'm being called to and that you might be the right guide or the the right course leader for me. And it's really interesting because one of the thoughts that I had this morning when I was thinking about what I'd love to talk to you about was this idea of, and you I'm sure are super aware of this, I know from all of the new coaches that I've worked with over the years that this does seem to be a bit of a pattern that when we're trying something new and we're starting something new, whether that's becoming a coach or starting a business in whatever that might be, that there can be this tendency to go and put ourselves into that box of what we think a life coach might look like and how we need to shift parts of who we are and our identity in order to fit into that box. And one of the things that I say over and over again is, like we're not a monolith, like there's no identity of what being a coach is. And in actual fact, coaching, just like any other modality, is a skill set, I believe, that can transfer and translate across so many different things versus thinking that we have to shift and change our identity to be like what we perceive a life coach to be. So I would be really interested to hear your thoughts on that. Well, let's just begin by saying I am in 100% agreeance with everything that you say. And, you know, this is where our conversation could get really interesting, Catherine, because we can start talking about things such as capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy, all those things that love to put people in boxes Mm -hmm. and love to constrict them, love to label them, love to say, you're going to do this, you can't do that this is who you are. And that can happen in all industries, any industries, coaching, education, health. Uh, You know, we could just go on and on. And if we don't question, if we don't really, really sit back and think about, well, hang on a second here. 
Since when did I have to change? Who says I have to change? Who got to make that rule? Who said that this is what a life coach looks like and should be like and act like and have this sort of life? Then we can so easily just fall into quite literally that trapped box and think, well, I've got to change. I have to shift. I have to morph. And nothing could be further from the truth. We all get to define ourselves in exactly the way that we want um, in any given moment as a coach, as a space holder, a service provider and a business owner, particularly if we're attempting to send the message to our clients that they can do the same. Mm. So let's, like the alignment of that, like so many people saying, I want you to be who you are, I want you to, and yet (laughs) what what are they actually doing with themselves? And so there is no one way. Mm -hmm. And also I think it's important to say that so often these labels and definitions, at least I've found in my experience, gain traction from the critics. They gain traction from the cheap seats and then people start to take on those personas of, oh, well, to be a great life coach, you have to have a perfect life. And to be a great life coach, you would never have experienced any mental health problems. Mm. Or to be a great life coach, you know, everything that you think about yourself would always be aligned and beautiful and fabulous. You would never have any mindset issues. I mean, come on, please. (laughs) But this sort of stuff comes from, you know, as I said, the cheap seats and people making comments like, you know, well, who are you to be a life coach or who are they to be a life coach because they're a mess or they're Mm. this or they're that. And Mm. so it feeds into this very boxed perfectionistic ideal and the only people that get to break out of it or just refuse to even engage in it is us. We can't expect other people to do it because they'll continue to do it if it gets traction. Mm. We have to be the ones that define Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I agree with so much of that. And the only thing that I would add is that it's not even necessarily like how it has to be, but how it has to be looked like as in how it looks or how it is perceived. So like perceived success, perceived income success, perceived perfect life. I think social media, which I know when you were starting out as a coach, was not a thing that we were having to manage. And learn a very how to small reels. thing. Yeah. <laughs> now it's such a huge part of our businesses, but also how we learn, how we get information. And I think I was posting about this just the other day, this idea of discernment for people who are like myself. I know we're all kind of can get caught up in that, but for people who are kind of energy sensitive, who have maybe not got, um, are often influenced by the energy of others, it can be so easy to get wrapped up in those bigger personalities, that big energy that we're seeing when we're scrolling social media and suddenly start questioning, start thinking, start worrying about and getting anxiety around. This seems to be the trend right now. This is the only way to do it. And One thing that you said that I think is really important is that there's a lot of really great marketing out there that, again, creates perceptions of how it has to be or the way that we must do something in order to be successful, whatever that means. Um, And I love that that's something that Beautiful You is so different about and all of the work that you do. But I would love to hear your thoughts on 
just the discernment when we're scrolling from like not just a mindset place and not just a, hey, I'm on here learning and connecting with people, but also from an energetic space of having that power and sovereignty over our own inner leadership and how we actually manage all of that when we're trying to build community and build businesses in an online space. I know that's such a massive (laughs) question. And you know what? It is a massive question because, gosh, this is a lot. And I just want to send so much love to anyone that is using these platforms, social media, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, you know, any anything where the scroll Facebook is happening and it's so normal and it's so okay and so to be expected in the way that these we consume information these days that we would be influenced by it in significant yeah. ways, right? It's so it's so to be expected and it's not always necessarily going to be for our highest good. Mm. And we might not necessarily realise that for some time to come until all of a sudden it comes into our consciousness when we realise, okay, my energy really is on the fritz about this particular account or this is the fourth time I've seen this messaging in my feed this week and yet something about it makes me feel really off Mm. or it's not right for me. And that can be a lot to traverse because it brings up questions even around, but I see my friends liking that, right? Or I see other people I follow watching that and commenting and get what does that mean? Does that mean I'm no longer aligned with people I thought I was aligned with? And the answer is yes, no, and maybe. <laughs> You know, all the things we just yeah. we don't really know. And I get, I mean, this is just such a massive conversation in and of itself, Catherine, but I think the first part of it is about awareness, mm. you know, and to me awareness, and it sounds so simple and yet it's not, is always something that we can only expect to come into our field when we slow down. <sighs> We have to we have to slow down, uh, and these apps and platforms are not designed for that. They want to keep us on them for as long as possible, but moving, yeah, moving. So we get lots of snippets of information, visuals, music, all those things, and I think that. Slowing down on there is really, really important. Curating things really importantly and recognising your energy and those feelings and that if things start to pop up for you that are just not feeling good, unfollow, stop. Mm. Don't question yourself about that or how someone might think or feel. Do it for you. Because when you do it for you, particularly if you're somebody who is a space holder and a service provider, you do it for your clients as well. Mm. Anything that helps your energy be more flowing, soft, gentle, discerned, aware, uh, clean, I know Mm. some people use that language, is absolutely you doing the work for you. And the more that you do the work for you, the more that you're going to be able to show up in this divine empty presence with your clients where you're not 
being rushed at with all sorts of thoughts um, because you were literally scrolling five minutes before you started your session and you're now wondering whether you need another photo shoot. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Right? <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's the yeah. sort of thing that can come into, oh, okay, yep, yeah, right, clearly I need another photo shoot or Right, okay, she's charging $15,000 for her mastermind. I'm charging two for mine. Um, yeah. What's that about? Mm. Uh, yeah, and, yep, Fritzy. Yes. Fritzy. <laughs> Fritzy, I love that. I am going to uh, accept that as the official scientific term for it. But it is Energy it's a, it's on the spir- Fritz. Yeah, mm. absolutely, and it's a spiral of, I think, you know, and that, that comes with, with confidence, I think, and time. And so when we yes. are first starting out, it's obviously so much easier to be, to have those channels all open to just accepting like, oh, I'm new at this and I'm learning. So obviously there are people who know better than me. And I think what's really important is that we start to develop that within ourselves. And you're absolutely right there that t- the stopping and actually being with, well, does that feel right for me? What is it about this that I'm seeing that's making me feel fritzy? Is it that that I'm comparing myself to this person and starting to place myself on that capitalist hierarchical structure of not as good, not as ahead, not as successful? Or is it that there's something that my inner guidance is telling me that I need to, you know, pay attention to right now, Mm -hmm. which can oftentimes be, hey, are you operating in alignment with your values right now? If you're, if these, you know, sometimes these things come up when we're scrolling because they're actually a really good sign that it's time to start checking back in. Maybe it is time to relook at my prices. If I, Am I feeling this because of comparison or am I kind of being activated here by a question that I haven't asked myself yet or oh. that I haven't spent time with yet? And yes. sometimes that discomfort yes. is actually something that we can lean into, I think, and mm pay attention to versus what I agree with you, the social media apps in particular are trying to keep us on there, are trying to get us to be in that conditioning of numbing out and mindless scrolling versus actually sometimes using it as a way to practice that self-discernment and feel into what Absolutely. Yes. I mean, first of all, Catherine, spoken like a truly divine coach, Um, you know, all of that that you just mentioned there. And we must, as much as we throw shade Mm. at apps that are all of the things all the time, we must never, ever forget we're in control here. We are so much more in control than we give ourselves credit for. Like people talk about the algorithms and this <laughs> and that and all those sorts of things. It's like, yes, but you still have a conscious choice here mm-hmm. and you always have. Yes. You always have. And I think that part of that as well too, and I know that this has been something I've shared before and is a big lesson for folks, is to remember that we're all shifting, changing and evolving all the time. Mm-hmm. And that means other people around us are as well. And this goes for newsletters, not just on social media. Sometimes we're not meant to follow someone forever. Yes. Sometimes we're not meant to subscribe to a newsletter forever. Sometimes someone, an account, a newsletter, a concept, thought, person is only meant to be in our field for a season. 
of our life or our business and then no more. Mm. And that's so okay too. We have to stop seeing these things as massive slights Mm. when we unfollow or unsubscribe because when we are concerned that that's what it's like for them, we also somewhere along the line are feeling that energy for ourselves when someone unfollows us or unsubscribes from us. That is not being in sovereignty and it's not allowing others to be in theirs either. Yeah, that is, oh my goodness, I feel like we could have a whole conversation about that. That, oh, if that person unfollowed me or unsubscribed, they must hate me now versus like what we know when we unfollow people that exactly that. I don't, you know, I don't need that right now or that's not where I'm at right now or in alignment with my energy and how how much it can affect not just the what we're receiving but also what we're giving and outputting as well when we're worrying about things like that all of the time. Such a great point. Such Mm. a great point. Mm. In that, I know there is a trend in online marketing and online business in general, but definitely something that I've observed over the years in the coaching space. This idea of and this is like going to open a massive can of worms. <laughs> so again, it might right. not be the right conversation for That's today. That's okay. Let's go but for it. This can of worms, oh, Pandora's yeah. box, all of it. Let's just <laughs> open the lids. Can <laughs> boxes. I love it. Careful. And I'm asking this question because I know that the, I'm ve- I'm fairly certain um, with how much I've been part of, how long I've been part of the Beautiful You community and how kind of involved I've been in the community that the, the income claim marketing that we sort of <laughs> see in the coaching space and the, you know, this, what feels to me often as a perception of like, oh, their success is my success and how we can, that can be used to then call in more people. And so often they're an extreme case, but then the other side, and again, this comes back to putting people into boxes, putting our clients into boxes of if this, you know, if, if you're successful in this, then I'm going to claim that success as the success of me, of me as the coach, as the business owner, teaching this methodology or this strategy or whatever it is and then that feeling of for people who maybe don't have that success when they spend the tens of thousands of dollars and join whatever it might be then it's like oh you didn't follow the process oh you didn't do the right thing um how do you feel like seeing that in an industry that you're just like such a big part of this idea I mean I'm just like not a fan of claiming any of somebody else's anything (laughs) you know as a space holder it is about us showing up in co-creation with each other and the success of my clients is on them that is their success not my success Mm. um the thing that I love about beautiful you and the community that you've built is it hasn't been built on the back of look at all the successful coaches again whatever that criteria is Mm. that we've created that have come out of this program and what I've always loved is actually the the giving that you and beautiful you have done to the community the opportunities that you get as being a part of this community the uplifting of the people who train in beautiful you as a way of of supporting us versus saying that person's successful because they trained with us as a coach that person makes that much money because they've trained with us as a coach mm. I don't even have a question. I would just love to hear your 
Okay. Well, yes, this is a can of worms inside Pandora's box, inside of a whole lot of all sorts of things that we could go here. And so let me just shoot off some thoughts that are coming. First of all, the arrogance. Yes. The arrogance of any that we would have to exhibit uh, to make claim that the success of any of our graduates is is due to us when they come with so much life experience, pain, wisdom, other education, other training, other work that they do in so many different realms. I mean, let's not even go there. Uh, small part of the journey for some, big part of a journey for others, lots in between, absolutely no ability to claim anything for sure. And so let's not, shall we? So let's So let's start there. Incredibly, could do it if we wanted to. You know, coaches running multi-million dollar businesses, doing, it's like not mine to claim, not ours to claim, just hashtag wrong, right? (laughs) So there's the first three worms, digging a little bit deeper into the dirt, shall we go? Um, yes, you are 100% correct. Any coach that is using language that gives anyone the impression that what their clients are achieving is a result of their work together, uh, I think once again, is it, it, it's just not true because we all know as service providers, coaches and space holders that You can hold a space for your clients. Yes, you can provide them with a methodology, a method, a process, or simply coach and guide or mentor in some way. But the actual practical application of what those things may be or are is completely out of your hands. The work has to be done by the client. Now, if a client says, I believe that my work with X has helped me to achieve X, then yes, I am a, let's get, I want to be clear about this. Mm. Any coach would be a little silly not to actively share that. And, and, but it must come from them. You Mm. know, what role they believe you've played in anything that they've done can really only truthfully be articulated by them. And when it's shared in those ways, that's I, I think that that's absolutely fantastic. But must be careful about other things, you know, coming the other way. And this then leads me into the income part that you mentioned. And, you know, you also mentioned before, Catherine, about trends. There are, you know, after nearly 20 years in this industry, I've seen some trends. I've seen some really delicious trends that have come and gone and also didn't end up being a trend but actually had sustainability and stayed on. And I've seen some terrible ones as well. And there is definitely a trend within the marketing world of coaching right now to talk a lot about what's what you earn as a coach and maybe what your clients earn as well. Mm. And this is really fascinating to me because it is a trend. It is something that's new. There is a part of, there's one part of me, particularly for those 
folks who are woman identifying or non-binary that wants to go, you get it. Like that's fantastic. Yes. Because more money in the hands of people that traditionally have not actually had it is and can use it well for the benefit mm. of us all is a really, really amazing thing. And then there are other elements of it that are very dark and shadowy. And I'm sitting on a post at the moment that, you know, has it for social media that says how much your coach earns is not the primary thing you should be concerned about when choosing one. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I say it's all the time, like some of my clients are more <laughs> successful than me on that, on that side of things. Absolutely. I look at some of my former clients. They they are if if what they're saying online is true, and yes. I'm sure that it is. They are well passing me now mm-hmm. in in relation to income generation, and I'm just like yeah. here for it, absolutely yeah. here for it, proud, incredible, all that sort of stuff. Thinking back, you know, to a small role may have played somewhere in the distant past. Yes. You know? But this is not the primary thing, even when you're looking for a business coach. Let's just go straight for the jugular. It is not the primary thing that I believe, this is, of course, my opinion, that people should be focusing on when they are choosing a coach. Mm. It may be a part of what you might look at, but you also need to be looking at things like, are they doing their inner work? What is their lineage of teachers to mm. do, right? Um, how do they give back? How is their business and their work uh, energetically being sent out to the world? Like are they inviting people to work with them or are they pushing pain points, shaming, and then sending them into a funnel? I mean, that's a very, that's a harsh way of putting it, but we know that some people do it. There are so many other things Mm. that you should be looking at when you are seeking out a coach and in particular Mm. in regards to this income conversation, a business coach. Because if you are interested in something other than money and if you're listening to this podcast hosted by Catherine McKenzie-Smith, I know that you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right (laughs) now. You need to think better than that. Mm. Not not just bigger, you need to think better. Yeah. Because that is not the only thing that should be the focus of someone that you're seeking as a guide or even simply to be influenced by in the social media newsletter realm. Uh, If you want a business that is an expression of your soul, that feels in alignment with the life and the legacy that you want to lead, that helps you to think about how you can function well as a human being and not become a business-aholic, a workaholic, and be grinding and hustling yourself into the dirt where you can, you know, really work on your self-care, your mindset, your connection to yourself so you can be in reverent space with your clients and not be triggered and upset by them all the time. I mean, yeah. I could just go on. Then <laughs> you will think more than just what they're making. Yes, definitely, definitely. 
Um, oh my goodness, so many. Are the worms and Pandora's everywhere? Honestly, (laughs) I want to talk to you for another three hours. (laughs) But I really just hope that hearing someone at the the level of business and the leadership and the various different things that you do. I mean, I had so many questions I wanted to ask you today about being multi-passionate. And what I've loved is in our industry, we see so much this push to, oh, as soon as you start, you want to be scaling straight away into group programs, into doing this. And knowing your background of being a one-on-one coach for so many years before starting Beautiful You and then seeing it come full circle to you returning to one-on-one, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite things about you that you do business differently in a way that is just so much in alignment with you that isn't getting fixated on what everyone else is doing. And so my final question for you today is what would your number one suggestion or just another little Julie gem that you can drop on us for anyone who is maybe feeling they're in that place of starting to put themselves out there or wanting to grow into something new, the next evolution of where they're at right now, that is going to help them to navigate this personal leadership, self-discernment that we've talked so much about today what have you learned that you can drop drop on us before we finish oh, up? Oh, gosh, this is a really big one, isn't it? And again, you know, when I share something like this, it's a path for life. It's, it's, not, it's not something that you can just drop in and go, yep, I've got that now. But to me, I think the most powerful thing when it comes to self-leadership in the way that you've asked this question, Catherine, is first of all to constantly keep checking in with yourself. How does my heart feel? How does my soul feel? You know, what is true for me here? What is really true for me? And understanding the layers that you might need to peel back to get to the heart and truth of that answer. Because sometimes we can ask, you know, ourselves how I feel and it might be, well, outrageously freaking scared. And that then be, uh, you know, a mind sign of, well, I should not do that. But it's actually so often not. You have to have the courage to go beyond just your cerebral thinking and your head and really, really drop into your body, your heart and soul and go, okay, I'm scared, but I really want it. Okay, I really want it. And then tapping in further with that. And this is a practice. You know, this is, this is a skill and, it, and it's something that you get better at the more you intuitively connect to yourself and pay loving attention to it and then act in your life and business from that space. And so to summarise that, it's like keep going in, keep going in. Oh. So good. You can learn every hack and process and system and sales funnel out there. But at the end of the day, we started these businesses because of that deeper calling, that sole purpose. And what a beautiful way to sum that up as I knew it would be. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything for anyone who wants to go deeper with you or learn a little bit more about what you've got coming up? later this year that you'd like to share with us today? 
No, you can find me on the websites, on the on the socials, all of that sort of stuff. I'm such a believer when I come on to podcasts that I'm here in service to your audience and I just know time and time again that if someone is meant to more deeply connect with me in some way, they will know how to do that. Oh, love you so much, Julie Parker. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine, for having me on. I loved this episode with Julie so much. I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Please come over and let me know on Instagram at Miss underscore KMS what you thought of the episode. If you are excited about this series and who else you would love to see me talk to on here. If you enjoyed listening to the first few episodes of the podcast, please head to the app that you are listening to this on and leave us a rating and review. It would mean the world to me and it's going to help it get out in front of new people. If you would like to learn more about Julie and her amazing work and grab a full transcript of this episode, as well as my experience training with the beautiful you life coaching academy head to emerge and expand.com slash podcast 002 and stay tuned because next week i have another podcast episode coming your way as well as some more interviews over the coming weeks thank you again so much for listening and i'll catch you in the next one